Hey guys, this is Kurt Cousins. You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast. God bless. Going Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill, the thrill is for real. Seth Brodziak ahead. Two on one with Niederreiter. He scores! Nito Niederreiter wins it for the Wild. Cut off by Mata. Throws it off front. Dumbo scores! Brian Walston for the wild. Penalty shot to tie the game. He blasts it Oh, my, what a shot. Off the island. Kaprizov scores. The thrill breaks the seal. And Minnesota wins in overtime. You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast. Presented by 10,000 Takes. Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast, where we talk about the wild and we give our takes. We've got a very special episode for you today. I am Dev. With me, as always, is my Koivu-liciously attractive co-host, Zooch. Zooch, how are you, buddy? I had to make up a word this time because, uh, well, well, it was for only the occasion. Yeah, for the occasion, Koivu Night was uh, ruined. I'm just going to at by uh, some awful play by the Minnesota Wild last night. And also Tom Brady. Well, yeah, Tom Brady. For, for some reason, the NFL the past week has just been one after another. You see Aaron Rodgers and whatever getting his contract. Then it's Russell Wilson's traded. It's like none of them want to give each other the spotlight. They're like, no, it's my turn now. Yeah, it's like you just get about five minutes of it. A continuous one-uppance of just bullshit, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Um. All jokes aside about Miko Knight, it was, I mean, it was really, really cool. Um, oh, yeah, that was unreal. Everything, everything about it was just, like, super sweet. It uh, it, it's, it sucks that the, it got ruined because the team decided to not show up for the second half of the game. But Yeah, I'd say second half of the game, it was pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah, but I guess that's, um, I guess that's all you can, there's only so much you can do. Um Actually, we we have a special guest joining us uh, this week on the episode, and he's going to be with us the entire episode. And one way or the other, and you will. We're (laughs) very blessed to have him. You have heard his incredible sultry voice on all of your airwaves, both locally and on the 10K Podcast Network. He most recently just finished up wrapping up. I guess you would call it the holiest of weekends. Uh, my dr- my it, dream job. My dream the, job. It's truly what an incredible uh, time it has been. It's KSTP's Chris Long. Fresh off of the uh, single A and double A boys hockey tourney. With uh, as much of a voice as you have, I am truly surprised and honored. Chris, thank you for hopping on, man. It's great, uh, great to talk to you again. My pleasure. It's not that bad for us. We get to, like, for example, when I'm hosting, I'm only doing pregame, halftime, postgame. It's Jim Erickson doing play-by-play for all 12 games. He's the superhero vocally. So I had it pretty easy. The challenge more for me is going to be basketball because when we're at Williams Arena next week and the week after that, it's smaller, it's louder. I'm talking over bands. So if we were to do this next week, I, then I would have some some a little more stress in the voice. Before we, before we get into some tourney talk, Chris, I want to hear about what Miko Koivu meant to you and what he, you know, what, what this night meant for you. And if you have any fun Miko memories that you want to share. Here's the memory I'll have. Thank you for having me. Uh, the, the, the reason I liked Miko 
and it's a reason a lot of people in the media, I think, didn't like him. And that's the only way I can come at it. I'm, I'm not a wild fan. I'm a member of the media, so I had a somewhat professional relationship with him. Right. He didn't like – you never wanted Miko to be the guy they brought in after a loss. You know, we'd be in the, the locker room after, and they'd be like, hey, we're going to bring out the – you know, they lose 7-1. We're going to bring out Zucker and Miko. He'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> Please, Jason, be in a better mood. And that's why I like Miko. Um, much like you hear he did in his locker room, he did with us. He'll talk about a loss. But if you ask a stupid question about a loss, he's going to give you that Miko Koivu finish stare. Mm-hmm. And you did not ever want that. Wins are easy. Anybody can cover a win. Hey, hey this happened. And we won at two points. You won. Great game. Let's go. Mm-hmm. The loss is when a journalist is going to earn their money. And Miko made you earn the money. Ask a good question. Don't just. You know, hey, they scored four power play goals. You guys think you could do? You needed to do something better, and you just forget the what? <laughs> like, well, so I, eyes I, staring through the back of your head, and yeah. I, I appreciate it. Now he answer your question. He would give you an answer, but he would make it very clear that the last thing he wanted to do after leaving whatever he had in him on that ice on that seven-one defeat was answering bad questions from you. So I gotta ask. Did you, how many bad questions did you ask him? If you asked any at all? Oh, you know me well enough. Many bad questions. <laughs> oh, many, many. Uh, yeah, I, I fumble my way through. Uh, but if you if you ask a good one, he can ask you some good ones. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. The the, the the best memory I have it was pretty early in my time here. I didn't know him that well. Um, he came back after having his first child, and we got to sort of be there for the. What was it like? You know, does it change your perspective on things? And we do that, you know, anytime it becomes a story, anytime a player has right. a kid, but right. the pride and, and it's, he smiled and like enjoyed talking about it and, and, it, you know, was jovial. It was the first time I think I'd ever seen him really. Now I did subsequently, but um, it humanized him. It, it turned this amazing steely finish hockey robot into a person. It was pretty cool to see that. And, uh, God, I'm trying to remember when that was. I think it was very early in my when I got here. So it would have been around 2010, 2011. Um, but that was cool. It just it, it lets you see a side of him that most people don't did never get to see. Yeah, I do also like Steely Finnish hockey robot. That's a <laughs> that's great, him. That's great descriptor. If, if <laughs> so that's making, a good one, though. If you were making a Marvel character on Miko Koivu, that's what I would call. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I Miko was my favorite player growing up too. Um, he was yeah. the first like official not bootleg jersey I ever bought. Um, Same. Yeah, I bought it. <laughs> I, I bought it after the 2013 lockout. Uh, actually, I bought it ahead of the season before because I was not paying attention to like CBA negotiations and I didn't know that there was a lockout incoming. Um, so I bought it. Uh, uh, probably this I got I think it was probably a birthday present which would have been August of 2013 right after Parisian Suter signed and I was like you know I could go with the new guys that are going to be here for the next 13 years or I could get the cap fin and that's exactly what I did and it sucked that I didn't get to you know actually watch him play until like February or something of that year but by golly, that was a great time. And that was the that was the time too when I finally like started to convince all my friends at Auburn, like, okay, hey guys, we're gonna watch hockey tonight and you're gonna <laughs> like it, and I'm gonna teach you about the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was my first jersey as well, Dev. I don't I, I got mine. 
I remember when did we get those green? Just the one that said Minnesota. That's what mine was too. Yeah, it was that same yeah, year. That that was when I got it. So <laughs> it, yeah, I've had it very long time. He was definitely my favorite player growing up. Just everything. Yeah. From him. I uh, actually I have it hanging in my office right now. Um, well, I let my I let my uh, aunt wear it to the game last night because that was oh, that's nice. Salute favorite player. I mean, it's listening yeah. to her talk about Miko Koivu. It's you might even need to go into the other room. <laughs> she'll just continue she just loves them but listen not to love i totally get it um we've talked at length in the past and on this program about you know what miko koivu brought to us and how he was underrated and why he is deserving of having his number retired um and then actually seeing it happen i don't it's so crazy and we'll 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 touch more on this in the future, I'm sure. But like, it's so crazy to think like that he was a part of this franchise. This franchise is 22 years old and Miko is a part of it for 21 years. And, you know, in some way, shape or form. And he, he's still here. I mean, he's still, still, and he's, still with the wow. Exactly. He's, he's still here. He still is doing his thing. Something. And <laughs> yeah. What? He's doing and, and like all of the big moments you know, he was, if not directly a part of, he was like present for. And I just, it's one of those things where like, I'll never understand. I'll never understand the like take of like, oh, well, he shouldn't get his jersey retired because like, he's not like, he's probably not going to be a Hall of Fame player. That's not the point of a jersey retirement. It's to honor what a player meant to a franchise. And for a franchise that's, you know, old enough to drink, he is by far the player that we need to honor the most. Like it's not even close for what second place would be. I just don't get it. I think there's something to be said for. So when I was doing the state hockey tournament uh, last week, I talked to a player who, who spent a little bit of time with the wild. Um, I said, what do you think? So this is a hot debate. Miko's Jersey retired or not? He said, absolutely. He said, and not a lot of people that are outside the locker room will take that strong a stance. I mean, fans will. You guys grew up watching him. I get that. But he said, absolutely. Because if you start looking at his statistics, um, you're missing the point. You're completely missing the point. Um, he could have left a couple times. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team has never been, you know, stayed for maybe one year his whole time here. I mean, there was always high expectations, but there really was only that one year, and they disappointed that they were expected to be real contenders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, yeah. One so if, he wanted, if he wanted to go chase a cup, he could have. Um, yeah, I mean, what career high? What twenty-two goal season? Um, but that's not his role. That's not what he was. Th- these are not my words. This is this person that, that was in the locker room and said, "Just you don't understand what the guy meant as a leader and as a captain, and the fact he was the first captain, the full-time captain, and the only mm-hmm. captain until he left. Um, that means something, and that's going to mean something 20, 30, 40 years from now. I'll hear the arguments about." retiring numbers um my good friend judd zolgat over on score north he he almost made it sound like if he wore any number other than nine judd wouldn't have a problem with it but the fact that nine is this magical number in hockey makes it a little harder for him to swallow um i thought that was kind of a funny angle on it that made a little a, sense. is he being serious no well gordy howe rocket richard like nines are yeah no like yeah it's, for it's, like it's, but but that's the but it's like if you're wearing 10 in soccer it just means more I, I guess I don't know. Um, I'll hear the argument, but I'll hear the but argument. But to to the point, 
this guy I talked to basically said, you just, nobody that wasn't in there knows his value to that team. Um, you know, things that he helped guys get through personally, things that he helped the team overcome personally, just the voice that he had through a, let's face it, somewhat unstable coaching, you know, from Richards to yo to, was a little bumpy for a while in there. Yeah. Um, he was the rudder. He was what kept the ship facing forward. And if I was on the fence, that conversation was the way I may go, you know what? I, I get it. I'm going to look up at the Raptors and go, that makes a lot of sense why he's up there. And I needed that support to hear it because I was one of the people that said, I watched him play. The team didn't do anything. He wasn't even a regular all-star. Um, boy, gosh, I know he meant a lot to the team and this, that, and the other, but I don't know. Quite literally, hearing one person tell me from you know firsthand knowledge, you, you guys have no idea the level to which he was respected and just commanded the locker room. He said that's that's why he's got his number up there. He was yeah. never going to be the goal scorer either. I mean, he was more of an assist playmaker type player and defensive, right in the defensive zone. And he, I think he played his job very well as a second line center. I think you get clouded by, and I will gloss over this very quickly, but I think he may have played two years too long. Um, now, I wouldn't have wanted, with, with what's going on in the world, you know, you get the pandemic and you're playing in the bubble two years ago. Um, I wouldn't have wanted to hang it up during all that. That's not when you want to no, walk away from right. the um, and I, I think I, if, he, if he had retired after 2018, 2019, I think a lot of the people that are debating whether he should have his number retired would have a little less ammunition. Really? Because like I I don't know if I agree with that because longevity is such a well I'm talking nineteen in hockey but nineteen twenty he was and I'm not he had twenty good years uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. Well, how many well it was like Ni- seventeen sixteen seventeen nineteen twenty was tough now yeah. it was tough for the whole team um, he wasn't the only one that was expected to have a big role on that team that kind of fell apart um, I think I'm 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 saying. I, I see the point, but people that are arguing it are maybe thinking of that Miko of the last Miko we saw in a wild Jersey. And he was struggling at the end, um, but still fully accepted his role and never complained. Right. Um, and I think there's some credit to be said for that. I think it's, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you know, the Willie Mays is always the one, you know, Willie Mays stayed in the game a little bit longer than he should have and had, you know, famously lost everything at the end. Miko was not nearly that bad, but no, I think, yeah. The, the the recency of of that last season shouldn't cloud what you got from him in 2008 9 10 11 12 15 14 15 16 17 etc right says yeah, me, up, says up me. until 2018 really right 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 yeah okay um i don't want to fight so <laughs> <laughs> oh no no i'm I, i'm just i'm yeah I'm no i get I, it. I, I had these arguments in my head and I would have debated it up until, like I said, this one conversation I had with somebody that sold me. I said, you know what? You're right. I'm totally missing the forest for the trees. Yeah. So I had all these conversations and hot takes ready in my head. Um, and I think that's partly why. I think I, I did exactly what I just described. I think I saw him that last year and go, oh, Miko, man, geez. I mean, you're trying to be a defensive forward now and you just, you're not fast enough. You're, you're, um, yeah, I mean, that, you, it's, I, I get what you're saying. Like he definitely had lost the a other, step. Shouldn't and... throw away the other 13, 14 years. Right. Yeah, I guess that's my thing is like he had definitely lost a step by the end, but especially in hockey with like how I mean, look at um, Keith Yandel, 
right? Like everybody is jumping over back, bending over backwards to celebrate his Ironman streak. And like, he's almost a healthy scratch player. Like if he didn't have the Ironman streak, he would be a healthy scratch player. Um, But like hockey has always rewarded longevity. So like, I, I have always been a little bit perplexed, I guess, by that take. Um, But I get it. Because, you know, there is that recency bias and that it does kind of leave that sour taste in your mouth, especially, uh, I guess, if I, you know, could have a little bit of revisionist history, the nine games or whatever he played in Columbus, I would take those away. Um, yeah. But well, here's, here's the example. If Tom Brady comes out and just sucks next year for Tampa Bay, I don't think it's going to cloud his legacy, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, if he comes out and he's terrible, Tommy has stayed Like that last long. Peyton year? Or that yeah. like, five year for the Vikings. I mean, yes, not that good that year. <laughs> yes, per- perfect examples. Um, but because I think Miko was so much more of a divisive, like everybody wanted to score forty-five goals, and that was just never right. who he was going to be. So the people that always carried that torch toward the end had their, "Well, see, I told you so." Yeah, yeah it only took me eighteen years to be right, but damn it. Right. I was yeah. right. <laughs> right. Even though he put up, you know, many 70 and 60 and, you know, 60 and 70 point seasons. Leads the team in points. Lead, right. Uh, leads the franchise in assists. Uh, I think he leads in goals. It's well, like every. Rem- that team was not built nor played a style that was going to have a 40 goal score. Exactly. No, that's why we only have three all time. Right. Yeah. And that's why Kirill Kaprizov is probably going to absolutely shatter the the point record obviously this season, but the goal record at some point too. I mean, 42 is not safe. I could, I could, no. I mean, Danny Heatley, he scored 50 and 07. I could see <laughs> you going 50 and 24 here. <laughs> oh man. Love to see yeah. a 50 goal score for the wild. That'd be kind of cool. I had one last thing on, that I want to touch on with Miko, but then we got to get to the, uh, the tournament because the, the high school tourney was just incredible this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, uh, Miko brought up um, Pavel Dimitra and and Derek Bugard. I don't know if uh, Zuch, I know you mentioned your aunt was there. Chris, did you get a chance to go? Or I guess probably not since it was. I was in post tourney decompression day. I actually missed Miko, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, and the Twins trades. And I got those all when I went to bed that night. And that was <laughs> when I found out about all of that. I knew about Miko and I did watch it on DVR, but no, I wasn't even watching it live. Yeah. Um, I, I have to imagine that anybody that was there at the X, like there couldn't have been a dry eye in the house when he got to that point. Right. Including Miko. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Did anyone expect him to get choked up when the Jersey, when the, when the number went up to the Raptors and they took that yeah. shot? He, uh, Certainly no not one me. expected that. Right. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I think my girlfriend started cutting onions in here on that whole thing. Right. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool to watch. I mean, growing up watching the player and like seeing all those highlights, you're just like, Oh my God, dude. Yeah. What? He was just such a player. He was what is an awesome, you know, guy to grow up watching for kids in Minnesota. And now the kids in Minnesota, they got, you know, thrilled. Yeah. And he had that, he had that all timer. <laughs> he had that all timer in his uh, presser beforehand where he was trying to explain it to his, uh, his kid. And he was like, yeah, my six year old was like, so if, when I play for the Minnesota wild, I can't be number nine. <laughs> all timer. I, I think if you get to that point, we'll go ahead and make, we'll take it down. Honestly, it would still be number nine Koivu. I think I think we could make yeah, it work. Technically, it would work. So I think so too. Hey, here's a cool <laughs> thing I noticed when I was looking at some stuff the other day. So if you go to uh, Hockey Reference, they do your similarities. And so mm-hmm. we're having the debate like, should his number be retired or not? And I'm looking. 
And two of the guys that pop up on his most similar, so win shares over the course of his career, 15, 16 years in that window, guys that have a similar career. One is Andrew Burnett, which I thought is interesting. That's He's fun. the most similar. And then another guy who's on that list as being an almost similar career, and I think Miko would take this, Saku. Oh, that's yeah. fun. Remember when he came into the league? Yeah. He, everybody thought he was going to be Saku, and they're very different players. Right. Um, but it's interesting that his career, his win shares, ended up lining up almost exactly with his older brother, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. That is a very fun I don't know, I'm a I'm a big stat nerd and I live on hockeyreference.com. So maybe it's just. Oh, yeah. Bit. Trust me. We do too. We, we're all about cherry picking some fun stats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of them are very dumb, but we still do it. Yeah. Well, I'll give you other players on that list just in case you're interested. Uh, Jeff Cortnall, Cliff Ronning, Butch Goring, Justin Williams, uh, Dustin Brown. Those guys all. Yeah. All those are all player. big names that people know. Right. Absolutely, Chris. And let's move on to why we originally brought you on. Let's talk tourney, man. What'd you think of the tournament? Yeah, man, that hockey tournament. The tournament was incredible. Uh, that double-A championship game. We're going to be talking about that game for years. Oh, my God, yeah. right? So, let's – I mean, let's let's open with it. Um, I – so, you know, it's no secret to anybody that's listening to this podcast. I live in North Carolina. I was actually in uh, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, uh, for my friend's birthday. And Sounds awful. I, Sick I, brag. I pull up. Yeah. I pull up. Uh, I pull up my phone to start uh, watching the tourney, and my everybody's looking at me like, "What the hell are you doing?" I was like, "High school hockey. Just trust me. It's going to be great." And they yeah. didn't get it. They were and, like, "Why would you ever do this?" And nobody, right? nobody got it. Nobody got right. it at first. And then it was later in the game, uh, so I missed the first like period and a half. And but I caught. I so I caught the ending, and so. By the I started like losing it, and I'm just like, all right, here we go. And I mean, that's got to be the most electric double A final since at least the Kyle Rao like belly goal. Um, that's the one everybody's talking about. That's that's the last. I mean, there's been great games, but the last oh, yeah, one yeah. even close to this was that one was East Eden Prairie. Yeah, Duluth East Eden Prairie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like last year's final it was a very good one, but not having fans there takes a lot away from that. But with I mean, it was an awesome final. And even the semifinal, I believe it was Maple Grove and South last year was an awesome overtime game, if I remember correctly. So both of those, yeah, that yeah. And the championship game was. Yeah, not having over. fans really killed that whole, you know, the whole vibe to it, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Agreed. And there was so much on top of this one where you had some pretty good headlines early in the tournament. And then you had two teams not only trying for the first championship, but neither Andover nor Maple Grove had even made it to the championship game. So you have these right. fan bases that have never even oh, been wow, part of it. And the, yeah. And then the way the game and, and Maple Grove, I admit I was dead wrong. I thought they graduated everybody last year. They had a first line last year that was so good. Yeah. Um, they're incredible and carried them. I thought last year was the year they were going to shoot their shot. Um, but then all of a sudden this year starts rolling through. And this first line that they had this year was just, I sold them short last year thinking they were just a supporting cast. Those guys are incredible. Um, some of the passes and, and just that you can tell these guys have been oh, playing yeah. together for 16 years. Um, so there was just so much buildup. And then we can talk about breaking down the game. But, I mean, it starts from the drop. of the, Maple, Everybody forgets. Maple Grove scored 12 seconds into the game. Yeah. Well, even Andover, you mentioned you thought last year was Maple Grove's time. There was a few years ago where Andover made the tournament very, very high seed. Everyone thought that was the year. I believe uh, Kaiser was still there as their defensive. Very, very good defenseman. And yeah. even the 
before that, my, my brother played Andover at Tria Orthopedic, that rink for one of their uh, FSN games back when it was that. And just watching them, I was like, wow, that is the best in the state. White Bear was very good that year, and Andover just took them to the sheets. It wasn't even close. And I was like, yeah, that team is the best team in the state. And they lost in the section finals that year. So it's been a long time coming. It's, it's good for Andover, right. I think. And Neither I grew up, of these two teams. That's a rival, so. Right. Neither of these teams are the best team. Neither of these teams are the best team all season. There's no disputing. Right. I mean, White uh, White Bear. You got me talking White Bear now. Uh, (laughs) Maple Grove was the three seed. Andover was the five. We can debate that all we want. Mm -hmm. But if you fold in some other teams that maybe lost, I mean, I don't know that they were number three and number five going into the tourney. doesn't matter. And that's what's great about the state tournament. You get in, win that section final. And and that's the thing that I have trouble dev explaining to people. They'll see highlights of like the section finals and be like, why are this? Was that the state championship? Like, no, yep. no, no. Uh, that's just to even. go to state. But wait, it was sold out and they're doing a dog pile. And yep, because that's how much it means. Um, well, I showed, so I showed that picture that you take every year where uh, that's, that's like why I do noon, it. It's noon on like a Wednesday. Yeah. And it's like single A quarterfinals. Or, you double, know, it's always like, got to be double A, double A. Single okay. A doesn't quite fill it. Double A, it's always sold out. It's yeah. incredible. But so to finish, wrap my thought up. These were not the two best teams all season. They were the best two teams through sections and through state. And that's the idea. You can be undefeated. Yeah. You can be five. We had two 500, two sub 500 teams make it to state this year. It doesn't matter. It's what you do when the spotlight is the brightest. And these two teams absolutely shined and took some, some pretty big teams down on the way. Um, and 100% earned the right to play in the championship. And, Andover is 100% a rightful champion. It was just, it was a great journey all the way from sections through. Sorry, I mean, I wanted to tie it up with a bow. Well, well, look at who Maple Grove beat to get into state. Rogers, a very up and coming team that they gave them probably their hardest game up until the championship game of state. And Rogers, I'm looking forward to see what they bring next year because that, that community, that's another community that deserves to have a team reach state. There's a lot of proud hockey you know, families up there that really enjoy the game growing up playing. It's just, their arena's awesome. And yeah, Rogers, I'm excited to see what they can do next season. Now that prior Lake went this year, I would think Rogers is probably the next one to to kind of that, you know, best program to not make it to state. Right. It's probably one I'm forgetting somewhere, but I think Rogers probably is in that spot now that prior Lake uh, finally broke through this year. And, I mean, I'm sure there's ones we're forgetting. There's so many programs out there. There's that... a bunch of great programs. Um, Maybe Chaska. I... I don't know if Chaska's been to state. They as another team could have made it made a made a run. They got they they were very good at the end of the season. Well, they, and they, so that's a good example. Chaska was a three seed in the section. Prior Lake was yep. a four. Prior Lake beats them and goes to state as a four seed. Yep. There's a four seed yeah. in their section. Um, yeah, and then won a game. Right. <laughs> Thanks to right. one of the. One of the, the best fourth best single, team in that section, right? Yeah, but uh, pulled off one of the best individual performances we've seen in the seventy-eight years they've been playing this tournament. One of yeah, not yeah, the, that, but one that of kid them. was unbelievable. Alex Bump. Yeah, I, I have that Alex Bump, the five-goal performance, third one of all time. Last one being uh, Grant Bessie's five five goals in the championship game that he was just unconscious for. I. I've never seen a performance like that. That's probably number one performance for me. That I've seen I, in my lifetime, but I can't remember. Alex Bump was close. I can't remember a time where because the, 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 the natural hat tricks in the first period of the first. Oh game, yeah, yeah. Remember, this yeah. was 
Thursday morning, 11 a.m. Right. <laughs> yeah. hat tricks, and then, and then the next two periods, and then even into the next game, there was a feel every single time he touched the puck. You could just yeah. hear it. It's like when Kaprizov touches the puck. Mm-hmm. It's exactly like that now when he's hot. I mean, everybody, there was, and, and he kept coming through. He scores two more, comes up with an amazing pass. So he has five goals and assists, scores in the next game. Um, they kind of ran out of gas and just got outplayed in the semifinal. But he still scored in that game. I, I can't remember a high school player doing that. And he, you know, if you really follow high school hockey, you knew his name and you knew who he was. But it wasn't like he's, you know, I, I would say Casey Middlestat went to state with a lot more buzz. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I remember I was in, uh, I was living in Savannah, Georgia when Casey Middlestat was in there. And part of it's because, um, like, I'm, I'm from EP and I know all the EP guys, but, I remember like, you know, even then, like throughout that season, I'm hearing all this buzz about Casey Middlestad, Casey Middlestad. And I'm like, you know, I'm six years out of high school, seven years out of high school at that point, And it still is like, Oh, all right. Right. These kids. Right. But, but like, yeah, I mean, he scored 40 goals in the regular season, but there just wasn't that. I mean, I think it was because people didn't think they were going to get the state. I mean, you know, again, they were the four seed in the section, like the Cates brothers at Stillwater. They had a lot yeah. of buzz when they were coming through. Um, but this guy arrives and just kicks the door down in the first period of state and says, Hey, y'all watch this. And it was just that that's the other, like, there's so many cool little stories. And then there were four goalies that had great tournaments. Um, I mean, heck, uh, hop for uh, what's his first name? Um, hang on. I got it right here. Toby Hop, the goalie for um, – Oh, that's a great name. Toby Hop for uh, for Maple Grove. I mean, he gives up six goals, but the kid had five or six saves. Oh, my goodness. The, yeah, the, yeah. By themselves are – if you just showed that, be like, what do you think the score of that game was? Well, like, maybe they scored once. Well, no, they scored <laughs> six. Like, it was just – it was such a great tournament. That uh, – that uh, I think one of the underrated goalie performances of the tournament was in the single-A 4-5 matchup, uh, Alexandria – the goalie, uh, Pepper, I think his name was. Pfeffer, Pfeffer. He uh, stood on his, Pfeffer, yeah, he stood Tegan on Tegan Pfeffer. Yeah, he stood on his head. That's the only reason Minneapolis did advance. It's probably the only reason why. Because Minneapolis was buzzing that first period, and he had some, like, elite saves. <laughs> and <laughs> they knew that. Slammed the door to, shut. Talking to a couple of the Minneapolis guys afterward, um, they said the same thing. Like, you know, we didn't we didn't lose. We got beat. Like, we were. Yeah, we they, played, they played awesome, too. Yep. Uh, that's, always, that's that sucks. Like I yeah. didn't I didn't catch that game. Um, but that just is like the it's got to be the worst feeling, especially oh, yeah. in high school. Like for the seniors, like what a horrible way to go out is like well, you just get a game stolen. But that's better than we came out and passed the puck all over the place, and they scored six goals on turnovers, and we lost nine. Right? Yeah. You know, you'd yeah, rather. That's true. I guess it's better. We, we gave our best, they gave their best, and their best was better than our best. Um, yeah. And you, I, I just went through a couple of the storylines in the tourney. It took me this long to get to Minneapolis, which going into the tourney, thank you for bringing them up, was <laughs> by miles the biggest story of the tourney going yep. in. I mean, how cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I the student section that. alone. You, oh, I mean, it, looking at that student section in a single A game, it's got to be the biggest one ever in a single A game. It has hold massive. One of, I told one of their assistant coaches I was talking with them and and I said, you know, you've made it when people are mad you're there. And there are a lot of people that are all pissed off that Minneapolis was in single A. If you're watching this and you don't know, because participation numbers were awful and they were having trouble even fielding a varsity team some years ago, they petitioned to be single A and it was granted. 
now that they've had some success, that could change in the future. But for this year, for these kids, they're a single A team. Shut up about it. They played that are building a program right now. Right. What's happening? And their participation numbers, it made sense. I, I certainly could probably defend the other side about why it shouldn't be allowed to happen, but they hadn't done anything in 40 years in that part of town. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I'm okay with them. A lot of people, I said, look, you're getting mentioned in the same breath as Hermantown saying, these two ought to go up. I go, that's, that's, that's a pretty that's good a compliment. Good... <laughs> I, I mean, I'm and glad. you don't think the kids in that town, you know, seeing a, seeing a team from Minneapolis make it, you know, getting to watch them on TV, you don't think that gets kids to go, oh, I want to be, you know, I want to do that. And it's just, it helps grow the game. And that's what everyone wants. <laughs> well, and the hook is, and I am not a, I'm not a private school hater. Um, I think they should all be in double A, but that's another conversation. I'm not yeah. a private school hater, but that's the catch. I, I did a story on Minneapolis the week before the tourney. I went and talked to them right after they won their section final. And the atmosphere in that section final was incredible. Um, yeah. went, went and talked to the players and just sort of did the, do you guys understand? Like, you really understand what you've just done. I mean, you know, Minneapolis Edison went 94, but before that, it's been 40 years since anybody from your neighborhood. So that was the hook of my story. So I tweeted it out. They are the first hockey players from their neighborhoods to go to state since blah, blah, blah. And a couple of people wrote back like, no, they're not. A bunch oh of them went God. with Holy Angels. A bunch of them went with, it was tongue in cheek. Yeah. And they, what they, meant. they go, no, no, no. A bunch of them went with Holy Angels. A bunch of them went with Benilde. Benilde yeah. So that's a good point. Now I'm not going to hate on any of that, but I do hope I don't wish ill for any of the private schools, but I think a good, robust, successful Minneapolis program that kids that live in Washburn, South, Southwest, Roosevelt, all those neighborhoods look forward to playing to, that's a good thing. We had a little bit of that on the east side where Johnson had had one year a couple years ago where they kind of had a little bit of a resurgence and and they kind of wobbled a little bit, but I think hockey – is better in the whole state if we have decent teams in Minneapolis and decent teams in St. Paul. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. St. Paul Johnson was they, – they got upset, I believe. Uh, they were a high seed in their section and never – yeah, that was – I can't remember how many years ago that was, but yep. – Yeah. Is well, St. Paul – isn't it – no, that isn't – St. Paul Academy, does that technically count? <laughs> or is that a <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, Hill Murray's kind of a St. Paul school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> St. Thomas Academy is kind of a St. Paul school. Yeah, um, yeah, right. <laughs> no, I just I think it's good if those teams definitely a St. Paul school. Yeah, um, I think it's good if those teams at least are viable. I don't know if they need right. to be state tournament level teams, but it's good to have the public schools in the cities be viable. I guess that's right. The best way no, I think that is a good way to good way to say that because it's it's definitely more fun when like it's it really is accessible for everybody and not just the kids in the neighborhood who can afford to go to Benilde, go to Hill Murray, et cetera. Um, you brought up Hermantown and yeah. that whole debate. Um, Let's go. I'll do it. If you want to do it, let's go. I, I, so one of the, you know, part of the beauty of, of uh, being so far removed is that like, I can kind of appreciate both sides of the argument and I don't have to defend this take on a regular basis. Um but like, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? Like they're just, obviously they're smoking everybody in, in single A. It feels like year over year, but on the other hand, you know, the, it's a town of like, what, like 8,000. Sorry. I was losing you there. I just switched my Wi-Fi channels to get you back. Sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Um, 
I was. Uh, I heard, what I heard was you said you're far enough away that you can see both sides of the argument. I'm yeah, I'm far enough away that I can see both sides of the argument. I don't have to like defend the take ever. Um, you know, on the one hand, they're absolutely smoking anybody and everybody. It feels like year over year. And on the other hand, there it's a town that's like, yeah. Uh, one of our bloggers uh, this week said big. it's. <laughs> one of our bloggers this week wrote that uh, they're a town that is the size of an Edina pubic hair. And I was like, okay, that is graphic, graphic. both graphic and accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so here's where I fall on it. Having worked in Duluth for eight years to start my career, I was there when Bruce Plant kind of got things going up there. Um, mm-hmm. My first state tournament ever down here was their first. It was Hermantown, Eveleth Gilbert, and Duluth East. And it was kind of Duluth East had just come out of the Spihar Locker era. So they had been established but they still weren't this dynasty that was going to go for 25 years. Right. Hermantown went to state once um, and then eventually became regulars, but could never break through. Uh, we know the story with St. Thomas Academy. Look, Hermantown's only one, only most schools would take it. They've won four and only three in the, like the last. Yeah. Doing math. 20, like 11 years. years. Well, oh, okay. 20, I was going to say 11, but yeah. Well, I think they've won three of the last seven, but it's been the space before the last right. one was, was a while. Um, if they're coming to state and beating the snot of everybody, kind of like St. Thomas Academy was, then we can have the conversation. They're steamrolling their section. You can't hold that against them. I mean, no, they are so far from the AAA cutoff. I don't want to go too much on this, but I- I've watched what they've grown. I saw when it started when I was up there. Um, I'm Pat Andrews, their coach now, covered him when he was a, a player. Um, Damn. Covered him when he scored a, a, a huge goal. I believe, a section final. I think it was a section final. If he hears this and I'm wrong, he'll text me. Um, <laughs> yeah, damn, making me sound older than I, I appreciate that. Um, so I've seen rub it, it in, grow. man. I've seen it grow. It didn't just happen. Um, the community's invested. They have coaches that are invested. And it starts at the youth level. Right. And that's what, that's what Adina did years ago. Um, that's what EP did. Now, people want to talk about kids moving into their district. Well, of course. Yes, 100% that's happening in Duluth for two reasons. One, some are going to move for hockey. Two, just the socioeconomics of the town. The hockey tends to succeed in the richer areas of town. That's not a secret. Well, that used to be the eastern part of Duluth. That cluster of wealth has moved to the suburb, of which there are only two, really, Proctor and Hermantown. Mm -hmm. Um, it's moved up to Hermantown. Like that's where all the, you know, if, if your dad played for UMD, you used to play for Duluth East. No question. Now you're probably living up in Hermantown. So, and that's not necessarily a hockey thing. There's some socioeconomics to it, but they're so far from that cutoff. They're, they're miles from being the size of a double A school that it's really hard for me to say that they should be compelled to go up. Now I will have the argument that don't they want the challenge? Don't they want, you know, this, that, and the other? Well, I mean, we've seen plenty of teams, private schools especially, that have gone from A to double A, and it wasn't quite the same. So, you know, if you're not compelled to go up by any rules or or, or reasons, I don't know. Would you really want to do that? I, I don't know. They're not having a lot of trouble sending guys to Division One. So, also, who doesn't like a villain, right? Like well, that too. Here's my I thing think. with it. When yeah. I when I was playing. Absolutely wanted them to go up to double side because they were whooping our ass every time yes. we played them. So yes. on the other hand, now I've gotten older. I look at it. I respect it. I'm like, wow. What? It's, okay, so they win. So we're going to make them go up to the higher level because they win. 
Well, it sounds a lot like what they did to St. Thomas, forcing them to go D1 because they beat up on all the Division three schools in the state. Not the exact same, but in the sense, it's like they – Same energy. They win their yeah. section because their section – I mean, they win their section because they are better than their section. That's just well, a fact. They get to state. They've been upset many times. I've seen them upset many times in state. It's not like they win it every single year. It's – I don't know. If they Greenway were, beat them. Greenway beat them a few years ago. Greenway right. beat them, and it was a great story. Alexandria beat them six to one like four years ago in a semi. I mean, it, it to act like this team just goes to state and blows everybody out. Sure, first game, yes, but that's single A. It's just the first games are not very competitive. They'll four. Nope. So I don't know. I just sec- to be a, a big Hermantown move up. Now I'm like, what? What's the big deal? Just, the section is a problem, but that's that's also socioeconomics. You have teams, right. especially up in the Iron Range, where the population up there is falling such that Eveleth, legendary, the first mm-hmm. dynasty of the state, doesn't have their own team anymore. They had to combine with yep. Virginia, and now they're Rock Ridge. Um, yep. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eveleth, that, that was pretty sad. This year. This year wow. was their first year as a combined team. Um, and that's happening a lot up there. You have a lot of little towns that are now – and this is hockey. Well, it's not hockey-driven. It's it's population-driven. We used to right. have four schools, and now they'll, they'll merge them together. There's one uh, – Northwoods has made the state basketball tournament the last few years. That used to be, I think, three different schools. Um, they Saint just don't Cloud? Have... Didn't they do that in St. Cloud? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is Apollo not a school anymore? Or not a uh, school, but do they not have a hockey team anymore? St. Cloud? All, the, other than Cathedral, all the St. Cloud teams are together now. Tech, and that – uh, But that's that's the same oh, thing. I remember Apollo. They made a couple runs to state, did they not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now the issue there is the same as it's we can talk about in the cities that if you're a good hockey player, by the time you get to eighth grade, you're probably going to cathedral. Um, yeah. And Sartell is sort of the Hermantown of St. Cloud. That's where yeah. they, it really yeah. is um, in every sport. Um, so there's a lot more to it. And, and it's having spent time in Northern Minnesota and, and I worked up there and I love it up there. And I mean, the rinks up there are, are some of my favorite places on the planet to watch hockey. It's not all because Hermantown is recruiting kids and has become this super hockey superpower. It's a lot of different factors, some of which they have zero control over. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it mostly boils down to they just take a lot of pride in doing what they do. And you should see that the outdoor rinks behind their Hermantown Arena, it's this cool little, it's not, it's certainly not a, 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 a palace of hockey. It's this little it's barn. Freezing cold. Also. And cold. But the rink's behind it. If you drive by it any time of the winter, there's a hundred kids out there skating. Yeah, that's how it happens. The proud hockey community. That's I mean, people in Minnesota should be celebrating something like that, in my opinion. Nah, like oh, everybody loves. Every, like Dev said, everybody loves a villain. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> I don't know. You got to celebrate good hockey talents like that. Of course, they win too much, right? That's that's not the Minnesota way. Come on now. Hey, no, Minnesota. We just we just want to win titles. We don't actually want to win them because then we're gonna you know despise our teams. The Minnesota way is to shake their hand, to shake their hand, and go, "Hey, great job! Congratulations! You're a worthy champion." And then turning around to the next person, saying, "And when are we going to kick them out of single A?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, that's spot on. Oh man, uh, you want to talk a little bit more about that championship game before we move? I'm not trying to speed anything up. I just want to make sure we give it its due. Let yeah. Go right Dude. ahead. I mean, okay. First of all, I want to say one thing. Goal, the fourth goal, I believe Vandover scored to go up 4-3. We toe-dragged that kid out of his shoes and then sniped it. I was like, wow, 
what a game winning goal. So I was like, that, there, <laughs> that's going to be the game winning goal. Little then did you know. It's the gritty. And then I'm like, oh my God, is it 5 4 Crimson? I'm like, they're going to win now. And it was well, a then, for Andover. It's just craziness, just absolute craziness in the third how, period. How about the one with three seconds left in the first? Yeah, oh, that, scores, that one. Oh my God. Maple Grove scores with 17 seconds left. Uh, to make it 3-1, that was after it had been disallowed, so it could have been 4-1, right? Yep. No, yeah. I'm missing the order up? Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Because it would have been 3-1, then it went back to 2-1. Right. So Maple Grove scores with 17 seconds left. Andorra wins a faceoff. This kid comes down on the goal line, basically by the goalie's ear near post. Who tries that shot and who makes that shot? That was unbelievable, and that set the stage. That was where I said, now, unfortunately, I'll come clean here. Because Joe Schmidt was hosting the AA championship game, I was not in the X for this game, and I will go to my – it's like if people say, can you go back and watch one hockey game, number one will be Miracle on Ice. Number two would be the 2022 AA championship game. So I was watching from work. Jacob Pearson scores that goal, and I turn to my producer, and we're both just looking at it, and I go, here we go. Like this yeah, game is not going to, this game is not going to settle down. Like that yeah. was okay. Damn the torpedoes. Let's just yeah. try to win this thing. I mean, eight, seven. That would have been the time to lay down. If it's, you know, it's like, Oh, well, look at this. They're up three, one. So late in the period could have been four. Right. And that's a second line center. I, they weren't even, they didn't, I, that's how, you know, the coat they scored. They're like, I don't know if the person I was already out on the ice, they probably were. That's a second line center taking it down the ice and said, ah, I'm going to do it myself and snipe this. I mean, they're second line center. And yeah. remember, like ninth one goal, goal. Ninth goal only, of the season. Right. And there was only one goal in the second, right? Yeah. I believe. I'm looking at the box score. Yeah. To make it 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. It's 3-2. Three, yeah. So now it's 3-3 three, three going to the third. And then just the, the, the haymakers that they were exchanging, mm-hmm. both in goalie saves, physically knocking yep. the crop out of each other, and then the goals that were scored was just, I mean, Lou Nanny even is, was just making, we didn't, ex- I'll give a shameless plug if you're listening and you, you go, boy, I wish I had seen this game. Go to KSTP.com. We always do like an extended highlight cut of every state tournament game. In fact, they're all on there. The one that I edited for this championship, it was 29 minutes long. <laughs> it's some intro awesome. stuff it's a bunch of replays and then the post game stuff which was just incredible but i i'm looking at it on the timeline of our editor i was like I can't, this is a, i can't put a half hour highlight i need to cut some of this out so i watched the whole thing again i'm like well the next any play that's blah i won't include didn't take it took one out there was one save that i'm like well oh, that was kind of run of the mill um so go to kstb.com go to the high school page there's a 29 minute super cut of this game and it takes on all the commercials. I'm, I'm probably going to get yelled at for doing it because we want people to buy DVDs of the game once those get made. If you watch this thing, it's just it's like this, and it just never stops. I sent it to my brother. Yeah. He's a he's a hockey guy. He lives in Indianapolis, and he it was funny because we have the video attached to an article. So the headline says, you know, Andover wins first title six five double overtime. He was mad. He goes, I wish you could have found a way to send me that video so I didn't know who won. Ooh, that's yeah. a good point. Oh, so he man. knew the score. He knew double overtime and he knew Andover. And he's like, I wish I didn't know any of that. Cause he goes, I was already on the edge of my seat. If I didn't know who won this game or when it was going to end, he said it would have been incredible. Um, but that was the feel. And then the third period, I mean, God, just the goals. I mean, Josh Giuliani, back-to-back hat tricks, oh eight, eight, eight goals in the state tournament. Yeah. Giuliano was unreal. Oh, the, the Landon Gunderson for, for Andover, the, like, 
he doesn't make normal passes. He doesn't just go here. No, it's got to be spinning or between his own legs. Yeah. I mean, it was just, and these are guys who I'm not going to lie. I knew their names, but I didn't know their game until. Anderson's a, he's a junior too. He'll be back next season. Mm -hmm. And that Andover team's gonna be they're they're gonna be strong again next year. The the kid that actually scored the winner is uh he was a senior, right? Yep. Yeah, Graving. Yeah. Graving, that's how you say it. Yeah. But not a scorer. Not a big scorer. No. My dad called me, he was up north, and he's just like, Who's got the overtime winner? And who because he we both agreed we thought Andover was gonna win it, but we both thought it was gonna be uh Casey. Thorson or Thorson or Casey. I was like, there's no way. And Casey's from – he came in from Elk River, which, you know, growing up playing in that area, it's kind of weird seeing someone go from Elk River to Andover. It's just a weird little switch and transition. I'm trying not to – the girls' championship game, which, by the way, we could talk for 15 minutes about the girls' championship game two weeks ago. That game was incredible too. Also, mm-hmm. Andover, last-minute goal. Let's Honestly, yeah. I want to hear it. I didn't catch any of it because I didn't know that it was happening until the day after. Go back and watch. We have the. It's also on the high school page. I'll have to scroll down to find it. But I mean, same kind of thing. I won't go too far on it, but just a back and forth game um, between two incredibly deep teams that, let's face it, did have some people transfer in, but also had some people transfer out. Right. Andover had two Division One commits transfer out from last year's team um, that made it the state championship game. But Sarah Kaiser, um, no relation. I assumed Kaiser. I figured, oh, you must be Wyatt's kid's sister. She was like, nope. There's two families, <laughs> and there's another Kaiser on the team. And she goes, everybody thinks we're sisters, and we just go with it. So uh, I was glad I asked. That's uh, fun. Forces a turnover to blue line, takes it in, goes to back, uh, goes to forehand, and scores. Same kind of game where it wasn't decided until the very last case, possible second. 90, 90 seconds left. In yeah, regulation. I think it was, was it shorthanded? The shorthanded goal. Not it maybe was, but maybe I'm misremembering. What's funny oh, is man. I have so much hockey in my head from the last four days. I can't remember two weeks ago. Yeah, I I, I can't remember. You guys said you wanted to talk wild here. I'm gonna have to rack my brain to remember what even they've been doing. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so, so the reason I bring it up losing people, people get very yes, people get all upset about who's transferring where and who's doing that. It is what it is. It's um, all gonna even out at some point too until they change the rules. It's all kids playing hockey. (laughs) A team's going to get good, and people are going to want to go play there. And if we spend all of our time worrying about that, we're not going to really enjoy the product. I don't like it, but I don't think the rule is going to change anytime soon. So, so be it. Um, But yeah, sometimes it's not people even transferring. Like my brother was at Lakeville North for his entire high school career, and then he moved to White Bear and he played on White Bear Lake. It's not like he moved there to play hockey. It just happened. They had a really good team that year. But I mean, both, obviously, both, yeah, very yeah. rare, but it happened. Both can, both can happen. Um, yeah. But, there, you know, Minnetonka had the same thing. So uh, I just don't want to spend any time on that. But, yeah, both the girls' game and, and then the boys' game. There are a couple guys that um, – I think most of the Maple Grove, most of their core guys, I think, came up together. Not that I'm playing one against the other, but um, it just – it is what it is. I don't want to take away anybody's accomplishments. Go, oh, they got to transfer. Well, Okay. Could just yeah, easily have shown up on could just easily have shown up on your doorstep too. Right. It's a, in the end of the day, it's just kids playing hockey, and we got to see an unreal game. Let's just appreciate that. <laughs> well, so I, going back to what I was saying, I mean, if you listen to that extended cut, sorry, I talked myself out of my original line of thinking. <laughs> I intentionally edited it, so there's all these different kinds that, that Lou Nanny just does. He's out of words, and that doesn't happen with Lou Nanny. 
No. He's just going, a goalie will make a save, and he just goes, I'm, oh, oh." (laughs) there's one, a play in OT. Uh, Andover kid had the puck go off his stick with 24 square feet of goal in front of him. And Lou's like, and Lou's never going to be critical of a kid. But in that moment, he goes, I don't know how he missed that. <laughs> well, yeah, that was, uh, wasn't that, I thought that was a Maple Grove guy in front when he almost tried, he basically had the whole net and he fanned on the shot and then everything. Oh, man. Holy. Um, Talk about point, shots that'll keep you up for the rest of your life. No, that kid, I, I was going to say, that kid is going to remember that for the rest of his yeah. life. He's going to be like, yeah. oh, my goodness. I had oh, I know, you, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the, the In the one. first overtime. Uh, is that I thought it was one? early. Is that the one? No, there's two different goals. One is Maple Grove. And what I did, because you couldn't really tell from the replays on 45, I actually slowed it down even farther on mm-hmm. the supercut. The one you're talking about where it was bouncing and the kid like shot and his stick just went yep. over the puck. Yeah. And then the- he got another stab at it and the defenseman sl- doll slides in. And there was only one angle you could see it. If he doesn't slide in, it's going to go in. That was the first one. But then there was one in overtime where it was just uh, – he was going to his forehand, and, and it kept going into the – anyway. there's mo- So after I think it's the second period, Lou says, Jim, I hate overtime. You know I hate over. You know I hate overtime. But, man, I hope this game goes overtime. Like, we deserve overtime. Yeah. Lou is the reason. The, the patron saint of hockey in the state. He is the reason that this game ended up the way it did. He, he spoke it and willed it into existence. Oh, God bless Lou for that. Yeah, but we needed overtime hear, on that game. You could just hear him. Just He became a fan. I mean, Lou buttoned up. and Yeah, yeah well, he's so like – Proper. Yeah, proper is a better word. I was going to say serious, listen, but proper is a better word. Listen to his – he's losing his mind watching this game right along with us, and that's part of what – that's part of why he's so great. And that's part of what made this game so great. I, I, I could talk for an hour about this game and almost have, haven't we? <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, good hockey is good conversation as far as I'm concerned. And that was it was great hockey, and this has been great so far. Um, it's the kind of game that social media and text messaging helped because if you're a hockey fan you were watching, about the middle yeah. of the second period, you start texting people that maybe aren't hockey fans like, hey, I have cousins. They're they're all back. I grew up in DC. They're all Washington Capitals fans. Um, that's about all the hockey they'll watch, though. All in on the Caps, but that's all they watch. I'm texting the group text like, "Hey, here's a link to this game. You guys should watch." Fifteen minutes later, I'm like, "No, seriously, stop whatever you're doing and watch this game." Middle of the third period, it was, "I'm never speaking to you again if you guys aren't watching this game." <laughs> it was just, and I'm sure everybody, you guys are probably same. Like people are talking. Yeah. If you're not watching this game, my God, you got to turn this on. These these kids are trying to kill each other, and they're whipping back and forth. And uh, the pace was just crazy. So it I'm was editing the fastest edit. game I've seen in a long time. Normally, when I edit these supercuts, it'll just be you know play over here or save over here, check over here. There's four or five times in this 29 minutes where I had to wait. There'd be a save here, and then they go back over here, and there'd be a turnover, and they go back over here, and then we come down here, and there's a save. And I had to like let five changes of possession happen before yeah. I could find a natural edit point. Yep. And it's just, I mean, I just thank you to both the, both teams. I mean, Mabel Rub doesn't want to hear this, but, and then some of the pictures after the game where it's always really cool when you have a game like this and you see the two teams and Maple Grove's crushed. Yeah. And Andover's, but they all kind of, now granted it helps that they're 
10 miles apart and probably came up playing against each other. Yep. You play Yeah, They're in the districts with each other. Yeah. But I mean, there was, there was this coming together where, you know, there's one scene where Weston Knox is like hugging one of the Maple Grove guys. And you can just tell he's saying like, you know, this could have been you, like you guys had this. And there's just this, Maple Grove lost, but they knew that they were still part of something pretty special. If you're not going to win, at least lose that way. Yeah. yeah. You, you yeah. hate the moral victories, but that that's almost like, okay, this is. They left it all on the ice. If yeah. I lost the state championship game, I would think I would never in a million years want to watch the replay. I would go home. I would erase it off the DVR. I would never want to watch it. Yeah. I played for Maple Grove. I would take pride in watching that game over and over and over. I would just probably stop it about six minutes into the second overtime. Yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. I think that also number nine's hair on Maple Grove. On That's the kid that hit the gritty too, right? Yeah, yeah. He had the half. Oh man, he like he like I, cut half the shaved half his head and then had the back mullet. Oh my yeah, God. so good. I, I hadn't connected that he was uh, uh, um, the guy that did the gritty, but hit the gritty. Yeah, that's that. When I found that, I was like, oh my god, that is so awesome. <laughs> I I don't know how I missed the kid doing the gritty like in real time. But the next morning, uh, my friend sends it to me, and he was like, "Yo, did you see this last night in the in that game?" And I was like, "No," and I have no idea how I missed it because it was later in the game, wasn't it? It was after the yeah, it was to take the lead, wasn't it? It was like it was Maple Grove's last goal. It was their fifth goal, five four, six to go. Um, so my brother, the one in in Indiana that I, 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 he was on the text, he was watching. Uh, or check that. Excuse me. He watched the replay. He didn't. He wasn't able to watch it live. He watched the highlight edit. Yeah. He did text me. He said, "You knew that as soon as that kid hit the gritty, the hockey gods were not going to let them win that game." No. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, eh, "There might be something to that." Honestly, kind of fair. I I almost like I I loved it just because like that's such a you know I feel like Minnesota in particular has adopted the gritty as like our thing. Even though, you know, obviously there's other anybody that has any sort of LSU connection is to also taking credit for the gritty, but I do like that Minnesota's kind of adopted it. But that I think that's the first time that I've seen it done on uh done on a hockey rink. I saw it. Yeah, someone I, Yeah. I've saw some people trying to do it, but he did um, he, it was pretty good. Oh the oh, you nailed it. My brother's point was it wasn't so much the gritty, it was he waved his teammates off. He told him he was like, Oh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. And then he did it. I, but you know what? If that were me and I thought of it, I would 100% have done the same thing. 100%. Dude, he, uh, come on. You just scored a goal for 19,000 people in a state final to give you. Yeah, the- it's a cool moment. I'm going to watch it, though. I just pulled it back up because, like, why not? And, uh, he, yeah, he kind of motions to one of his teammates. And then number 22 for Maple Grove just kind of throws his hands in the air like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> you're gonna do this now with six minutes left in the state championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, if you score that goal in that point, do what you like. You yeah, you he's he earned that gritty for sure. <laughs> oh man. Kids I, I, I love I absolutely love the uh love the kid love that love what the kids are doing. Love when the kids are just having fun, having a good time. At the end of the day, that's what sports are all about is right. That's moments. exactly it. Moments like that and games like that, you know, that's why we've spent, you know, the better part of 45 minutes talking about, right. One uh, high basic, school game. you know, mostly uh, a high school game, 
a high school game with, you know, probably 20 guys that will never play competitive ice hockey ever again in their lives. And it was that, I mean, it was, it was that, you know, Chris, you, you said it, you said it a minute ago, like you've seen all sorts of hockey and just short of the miracle and ice game. This is what you'd go back and, and watch again, like in person. I, I, I mean, I don't want to go back and rank them, but it's, you know, top it's five up hockey, there for sure. Top five hockey experiences I've ever had. And one of the most poignant things that my, my, one of my cousins who watched the highlight reel pointed out. So I'm, I ended it back and forth. It's, it's, you know, Andover celebrating and the Maple Grove guys are consoling each other. There's a great shot of two of the Maple Grove guys hugging each other. And, and one guy goes off another Maple Grove guy does a stick tap and the camera's pulling back. And he just, he's by himself on the ice. I don't know if he's looking at his parents or if there's nobody up there. And he just, this is it. I'm done. He does two stick taps and raises his stick and then walks off the ice. But then I flip to a shot. There's an Andover kid who's laying down with, he's he's skating. He's got his like elbows on his knees and he puts his head down. And when he looks up, you can see he's crying. Um, I don't remember who it was. Have to assume he's a senior. And that was the moment. He just had all this joy. We're celebrating. We did the trophy. He skates back to center ice and has a minute and thinks to himself, I might never play hockey again. Not that that's it. Yeah. And it just hits him. Oh, he's got man. the medal. He's got the medal hanging from his neck and he's crying. And my cousin said, that was the moment that got me. She's like, why is this guy? And then she thought of it. She goes, he's done. Yeah. He's done. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's great. That. It's great. Uh, you know, every, every senior has to deal, you know, with the last game and, I think you got to look at it as he got to win a state title and that's probably a great way to go out, but of course, but all the kids the same way, it's It's still still over all the exact same way. You know, it's it's crazy to look at. It was an awesome moment. Awesome moment to the the definition of the word. Awesome. Right. No, I love that. You said that that is in the, uh, in the highlight recap. It's at the end. I did a bunch of, there's a lot of, yeah, we have the interview with graving. Um, when Knox runs over and, and he's just about done with the interview, he screams like, this guy's a certified butte. He's going to go to the National Hockey League. I'm not exactly sure what he's going to do, but it'll be something. Just letting you know now. I'm calling it. He skates away. <laughs> uh, so it's just this, the, the post-game stuff match. Yeah, it's all on there and ends with the trophy shot. Lou Nanny, I, I'm editing his words together. And he, I, I made it so he's just basically narrating the whole end of the game and he talks about, he's like, I feel for Maple Grove, man. I mean, it's just awful that somebody yeah. had to lose this game. Yeah, I'm not trying to over-dramatize it. Watch it. It's, I, I'm so, no, I can't wait. I I'm mean, so, I was so privileged to be able to put it together. I mean, I, I had the easy part. I did that for hockey fans like you guys, for the Andover kids, for their families, for the Maple Grove kids. It's something that I hope they'll grab and, and download and, and watch because it's, it's one thing to watch the whole game. It's another thing to kind of just be able to, It'd be like if it was, it, I built a roller coaster, but instead of the little stupid part at the end, the whole thing is like this, and I cut out all the little middle parts. I, I like the celebration too. It reminds me of when UMD won the title against Michigan back in 2011, where the guy just kind of like skated down to the corner and just slipped. He's just like, I don't even know what to do with myself right now. But uh, he took his helmet off and he threw it against right. as hard as he could. He's like, I don't even know what to do with my hands right now. He's like jumping into the board. I love that. He's just so excited. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He's like, I'm going to skate as fast as I can and take my helmet and throw it as hard as I can off that wall right there. It's also fun when the camera, because you get the shot of them coming to the boards. It's always right. fun when we get one of the cameras on the other side, and now you can see the faces on their friends. 
Yeah. Like the people that made it a point to get there early enough that they could be in the first, second, third row. Oh, yeah. You gotta and get you just see them going nuts and they're taking the pictures and they're like high-fiving through the glass. I've seen that a lot at the section games mm-hmm. also. I usually will go down if I shoot a section game. I'll go down the ice so I can follow them with the trophy. Mm-hmm. And you can see just how much it means to them. The people oh, yeah. that weren't even on the ice. It's just the people. That's my buddy that I've known since I was eight. And Oh, my God. He just scored a goal to win a state championship. Yeah, the section ones are awesome when they jump up on the boards. And yeah, right. I was there in Aldridge a few years back when Wiper Lake beat Hill. And uh, that famous picture from Remington Keppel taking me and the Bears are all yeah, that game. buddies. And yeah, well, yeah, that was, yeah, that game was, that. that's one of my favorite hockey games watching, you know, my little brother go to the state tournament. You know, it's, yeah. yeah, it's kind of an undefeated feeling. It was awesome. I mean, that game like, was also a very good game. <laughs> I, I still, I would say that it's probably my, probably my top like hockey moment for me still is the Kyle Rabelli game. Like I was a senior at EP. Oh, wow. um, I was in the pep band and like, I played lacrosse with Kyle and his brothers. And I knew all, I, we just like, we knew all the guys from, like, from lacrosse, from growing up, yeah, from everything. Buddies. And right. we see Kyle just like belly like dive face first and somehow get a piece of it with his stick and it dinks in and like we it was like a solid like it i don't know it felt like eight minutes but it was probably like a second and a half the thing about goal, to, it, it took a minute to process where we're yeah like, we don't it's it, what did it he was, just do nobody thought it went in <laughs> and i remember i remember i was the first one to get up and i just yelled yeah and just hoped that i was right <laughs> right that, that, sure in enough, terms of, in terms of walk-off goals, that one's uh, that one's uh, an absolute all-timer. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, we uh, we don't even need to take up any more of of, of your time with this because uh, this has been just truly I'm terrific, fl- Chris. I'm fine. No, I appreciate it. No, I'm I'm always flattered when you guys ask. Anybody cares enough to ask me my opinion, I'm happy to give it on anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are your thoughts on Ukraine? <laughs> it's a bad bad idea. The whole thing is a bad idea. And that and, and and that's a deep fly to left, I guess. <laughs> ball game. That's gonna be a home run. Uh wild, real quick. Uh, yeah. What happened, what happened to the defense? Yeah, we, uh, how how did yeah. what happened to the goaltending to me? I think our goaltending has it's taken been, it's been it's been a good. tough uh tough little stretch since uh since the all star break. Um, I, I guess everybody independently left and either went to Vegas for the all-star break or they went to like Brazil and just forgot how to play <laughs> hockey. Um, I don't, it's been it's tough. Thing. It's not, you wouldn't think it's fatigue because everybody's dealing with the same thing. And, right. um, I was preaching, you know, kind of into the break, like, don't worry about, it, they're going to be fine. Remember they lost five games in a row yep. ending with the winter classic. And then all of a sudden figured it out. And I'm kind of waiting for them to pull out of it. And, and they've had moments. Um, but, man, you just – you can't allow – now, I get that they've given up more empty net goals in the last month than I can remember any mm-hmm. team giving up in a stretch. But but as you look at the net, I mean, six against, six against, five, six, five, 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 seven. Like, lose a 2-1 game somewhere, and then I'll feel a little bit better about things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm really worried about the D, and I don't know how to fix it. I don't know. Yeah. We're um... – we're a week out from the trade deadline. Do do you even make a move at this point? If you're 
if you're Bill Guerin? I mean, I remember when everybody thought they were going to need a center. Um, yeah, I think in order you need to, do you, I mean, if you think you're all in, do you go get a goalie? Um, I don't know which goalie would be available to go after. That's the hook. Andre Fleury is like a person, obviously. Yeah, if he, they could go out and get Mark Andre, you know, that'd be awesome. But I don't, just don't see them being able to swing that. It's no like and, a humongous and, name, a form of, yeah, I don't know. It's out of the realm of possibility, in my opinion, but maybe. I don't even know who's out there, goalie or defense. I mean, I was beating the drum for Claude Giroux. I thought that was the one that they would try to figure out, and that would be the home run swing. Well, there's no way they do that now. Nope. Well, and, and you know, I mean, on the defensive side, you look at who the Avalanche just acquired today. And yeah, who, the Avalanche. Who, uh, Josh Manson. And they gave up a pretty defenseman. high end prospect and a well, second-round pick. Yeah, but that's going to, you know, it's just big physical defenseman. Someone, right. you know, that's so the way. So you're saying then, Zuch, the way the playoffs are set up, if you don't genuinely think you can get through Colorado, then what's the point? That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I mean that you're going to have to get through Colorado if you want to make a run. You're going to have to. Just right now, you're flirting. You're flirting with that wild card right now. The way they're trending, you're going to flirt with that wild card that would end up playing Colorado, or you play the Blues in the first round, Nashville, one of these teams that we are struggling against. Points wise, yeah, I'm looking at the standings right now. Points wise, we're uh, we're tied with Nashville, but we have a game in hand. Um, I forget who exactly it was, but somebody pointed out on Twitter in the last week or so. uh, They pulled out on Twitter that. It doesn't matter if you have a game in hand if you lose the damn game. Well, they've yeah. done that because I remember when they had five games in hand at one point. Exactly. exactly. Not worrying about the standings. I'm like, oh, who cares, you know? And so, they were like percentage points, weren't they ahead of Colorado? Uh, they were. It was close. They were close. second in the. They were second in the conference percentage percentage wise. You know, Colorado uh, really hasn't lost the last three months. If you if you look yeah. at a couple like little two game skids, but they really haven't lost too much. Yeah, they had a rough little stretch to this to start the year, but yeah, they've they've God. got Colorado. Yeah, weren't they like weren't they seventeen in a row at one point at home or something? It was some crazy. I just looked at their home record; they're twenty four three and three at home. Yeah, yeah. Goal differential plus sixty three. The Wilder at twenty five. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize it used to be a lot higher, but that last ten is where it's literally the exact opposite. Colorado's last ten six three and one. Wild's last ten three six and one. Uh, oh God, Dallas is right there now too. How did that happen? They've been uh, Jason Robertson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jason yeah. Robertson. <laughs> yeah, no, they've got now, games, now the Wild Day. They, they find that we're we're having a little bit of a different tone on the podcast, and we have had all year yeah. really because we've been so confident with this team. But I'm still confident with them. They've shown us what they can play like. They just got to get back to that level of compete, and they'll be fine. Like, I um. They can be one of the top teams in the West, so let's just assume they can get back to that until <laughs> until proven otherwise. I will say um, I have a bit of a Debbie Downer of a stat. Uh, I mentioned it in. Oh, good. I mentioned it in. Uh, uh, or I, I, I we're we're mentioning it in our uh, like outro segment after after this uh, after this interview. But if you take away, so right now in the Central. Only two teams are really truly out of it: the Yotes and yep. the Hawks. And yeah. take away, yeah, Jets are. The Jets are probably out of it, but they're, they're not. Probably. They're, they're 
within they're close enough that they could make mathematically still there yeah Yeah, they're they're um six points back from a spot what's possible okay yeah no i haven't looked at this they're six points back yeah they're they're only eight on the wild oh my good god yeah now they've also played two there too canucks are the canucks are up there too look at what bruce boudreau's doing right listen it's the jets are probably not making the playoffs and honestly if I take the Jets out, it makes this stat look even worse. Um, yeah, so don't please. Leave oh, you're gonna do. You're gonna do against playoff teams' record, aren't you? In this division only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. the record against divisional opponents who are in, a, like, who are competing for playoffs, and this includes our two wins against the Jets. Three, eight, one. Oof. Ten and against Mets problem though. And like you know, you go game by game, and there's reasons, there's situations. And you beat but, the teams you're supposed to beat. Yeah, and that's fine. But like last year, uh, you know, we were beating the teams we were supposed to beat, and we were about 500 against yep. the you know the better teams. And you know, we've got plenty of games against those like remaining playoff teams, and a lot of those games are at home where we have played better traditionally basically every year that the wild have been around except for that one weird year in like 17 or 18 where right. we couldn't win at home for whatever reason right um the wild have typically played very well at home and you know they're in the midst of this uh really crazy home stretch here but it's uh not doing anything with it though yeah it's a little gotta start winning you gotta start winning and you know zooch Zooch has been pretty defensive of the goalies um, all year. I have been a little bit less optimistic about the goalies this year, but certainly thought that they were very capable goalies. Yeah, I'm definitely um, hopping over to the other side recently, though. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I was they'll be fine, they'll be fine as long as one gets hot, but I didn't expect they'd both get cold. Right. Right. And that's the – especially with Capo – being kind of like, it felt like he was actually pretty hot, and then they just pulled him to put Cam out there. Well, and, then, yeah. and then the same thing happened with Cam, where he had two or three good games in a row. Like, that game against the Rangers, um, I thought Cam actually played pretty well. And then nothing. They gone. need to get Cam. It's This could be completely wrong by the end of the season, but they need to get Cam Talbot hot because – Kacken has done this every season since he's came to the wild and played games. He always gets a little colder. Honestly, the longer he plays into a season, towards the end of the season, he usually struggles a little bit, but that Dev, we've dissected this a lot more. with And we talk, he doesn't play as many games. He's playing once every eight games, harder to get a groove going, but he's, he's been playing games. It's he's been playing every other and neither of them are able to get hot. So I think they might have to just go, okay, let's stick with one here, and here's the backup. We're going to let them run for six games. Uh, right. Because right. someone's got to get hot. You're right. With Colorado sitting there, you can't give up anything to get a goalie. You just can't. I mean, no, and no, no one's going to give – you know, you might be able to steal a, a, a defenseman or a forward on a on a contract where you don't have to give up much if you're willing to mm-hmm. take you know, a rental. Uh, you're not going to do that with a goalie. So No. And the, the goalie that is probably the most exciting is Anton Forsberg out of Ottawa. And, you know, I don't. He's just, and really, if that's who we're going to go out and trade for to fix the goalie woes, I did, right. don't even bother. <laughs> we're all, all, yeah. all in with what you got. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, I think the person in the wild should be 
really calling about is Hurdle from San Jose. You somehow find a way to land him without giving up Fiala and one of those top end prospects. I think that's the obvious route because he would amplify either of those two lines, Boldy and, you know, Fiala, or, you know, you throw him with Zook and Kaprizov and watch that line go nuclear because those two are already amazing with just the two of them. And you throw so right I guess I guess the question is I guess the question is do we just hope that Jack McBain's agent is trying to really sell him on San Jose being such a great spot? Oh yeah. Yeah. Gonna take a little more than Jack McBain I have a feeling though. Oh for sure. But you know, hey. we can throw him in as a gimme at least. <laughs> um all right. Well, Might sweeten the deal. Yeah. Well, a sweetener, yeah. That's that's the word I was looking for. May I interest you in one of our fine Jack McBain's who is uh one, one you're gonna have to sign immediately, McBain. otherwise he's going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the issue with trading him. It's really yeah. a wild even signs with the team he goes to, so who knows? Yeah, I think I don't think I he'll get he'll get moved either at the deadline or in the offseason and like they'll it'll be either a sign and trade or you know they immediately yeah. figure out like uh, there's no way otherwise uh, it would be kind of funny if because the the college free agent period doesn't start until like the middle of august it would be a little bit funny if we can't find something that's worth it to give him up and billy just sends him and just makes him wait like a month and a half before he finds out where he's going to play uh, speaking of i'm a little sad uh well i'm not sad because I'm a Gopher fan, obviously. It's kind of sad the Gophers to make the tournament because I'd really like. There's <laughs> a little addition yeah. to the team because that guy is a stud. Watching, uh, <clears throat> it was funny because the Gopher game was going on during the state title, and honestly, I think the pace in the state title might have been a little fast. <laughs> Maybe just a little, but it's what fair. a game for the Gophers too. What's that? It was a good game for the Gophers too. Oh yeah. yeah. Really want to go to Mariucci on Saturday and watch that Big Ten final because Chicken has got a lot of prospects there, and so does Minnesota. That's going to be a great game. I think you're going to see people. Uh, you know, it's been the knock on all the Big Ten. The attendance has been terrible. It was pretty good last week. Um, it was. People are starting to kind of rediscover, and, and and they're fun to watch, and they're winning, and it's kind of the atmosphere is coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm at Williams for a girls basketball championship Saturday. I might try to run across the street and watch at least a couple of minutes. I mean, yeah. try to slip in the back door. If you go, call me. Well. I'll leave it. I mean, it's third. I think it's, I think seats are only 30 bucks. I'm like that for a big 10 title against a team like Michigan, where they, these two teams are playing for a one seed here. And, and if it's a good enough game, they're both going to get a one seed. I think if one of the other teams blow each other out, I think you might see one of the two, but I, it's just going to be a great game. And if you're somebody that doesn't do a lot of college hockey, you're going to see six yeah. pretty surefire future NHL players. Number one like, overall pick, I'm pretty sure, plays. Like, so I think there's going to be six. <laughs> Michigan. Um, I mean, Nyes is basically now shown he's 100% wow. an NHL player. Maybe next awesome year. player. Yeah, he's um, a great. Yeah, they're saying he might leave. He might be done. One and done. Kind of like you um, know, all the other. I think the Gophers, Gophers are probably lucky that they – well, not lucky. I guess it depends on how things go. I mean – I was going to get into the, the schedules later. So the college free agency, like guys can't be playoff eligible if they, right. How does it time out? Because the deadline, if you're in the NCAA it's be, tournament, they've got to be out of it by Monday. Yeah. Monday, it, so. so it's that quick. Okay. I didn't yeah. know if it was that quick. Yeah. He, so he's done. Yeah. He can't, Ben Myers can't sign. Yeah. That's, that was good as mentioned. Yeah, Myers yeah. is the guy that, right. Yeah. Um, 
Nah, yeah, he'll so, still be he'll still be playing uh, meaningful hockey. So yeah, he'll be done. He won't count. Yeah, if, if I wasn't locked in across the street doing uh, the girls' basketball, I would absolutely be buying a ticket and sitting at Mariucci. It's yeah, it's gonna be great. And I'm pretty My sure hope. the Gophers just got one of. Uh, I'm not can't remember the name of who did he who brought it up on the pod? Wasn't it uh hockey report? It was Cody. He brought him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a really. He's supposed to go one or two in the draft coming up, and the Gophers got him to. As a recruit, and I was like, "Huh, oh, looks Logan, like, yeah. Logan, Logan Cooley." Yes, yeah, that was that's the name. That's yes. the name. And uh, yeah, that just shows you right there if the Gophers are back to getting players of that capacity well, coming and back, a, and and getting him as a double whammy because he was committed to Notre Dame and he's in mm-hmm. Penn State's backyard. And Penn right. State was sure, Penn State was certain that when he wobbled on his Notre Dame commitment, that he was going to go to Penn State. Um, that tells you that's that's good things. A lot of people have been uh, were critical up until what probably last year of Bob Motzko. That shows you this is how he built St. Cloud. The guy's a great recruiter. He's a great yeah. recruiter. Matthew and he's Nyes not is, only going to Minnesota. You know, I, I was just going to say Matthew yeah. Nyes is Matthew Nyes is right. not from Woodbury, Arizona. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, he's not like Lucia. He's he you know Lucia, a great coach, one of the best you know Minnesota's had, or you know he's up there in the conversation. Um, he was staying in the state, which is even more kind of more impressive. He built some of the teams he did with just homegrown talent. But in this day and age with college hockey and how many how, how the game's grown really in the it's last 20, 30 years, you have to go outside the state. Yeah. yeah. And Matthew Nye is a perfect example. He's a he reminds me of you know Austin Matthews, Arizona. And you know. Well, I think there's some connection. Like well, Matthews was like a counselor at some youth thing that oh, there actually is a connection beyond just being from Arizona. Yeah. There, I mean, how many elite hockey players can there be? Exactly. That's so fair. Yeah. I don't think they're buddies, but they definitely, I know Nyes has had some exposure to it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Nyes is a very good player. I'm excited to see what he does or decides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the Gophers losing Fontaine midway through the season, La Fontaine. They're just like, Oh, okay. Well, we have, Another goalie here who's just oh, as good, I guess. Who, if he'd done this all year, would have been the Ricker Award winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, how crazy is that? Talk about stepping up to uh to because Dryden McKay is the Richter Award winner. I agree. I agree. And if he's not, don't ever award it again. Ever. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, ever. I hear about this Northeastern kid. Hey, great goalie, too. But guess what? This guy broke the <laughs> – he broke the all-time – yeah, every, every, every yeah, and his goals against average over career. Yeah, it, 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 even if he's not the best this season, you give it to him on the career achievement award without question. Yeah, what he did to Minnesota last year in the regional final was criminal. So, oh, I do remember that game. That was absolutely. And it, and he it makes shut them, us out. It makes them dangerous again this year. I mean, that's the last guy in the country you want to see across from you in the NCAA. Yeah, game well, this year. in a single elimination game, absolutely not. No, thank you. Yeah. It, a little sad. My godfather was uh he j- he retired from there last year, Darren Blue. He was their defenseman's coach. So I still got a little, you know, a little love for Mankato. My parents went there, so they're second favorite. I've always just grown up Minnesota fan, but Mankato, they're they're good too. That's why last year wasn't so bad. I was like, Oh, okay, well at least Mankato beat us. It wasn't like well and to loop to, to loop it around, you make the point about this this go for Michigan game. Um I don't know exactly how the banding goes because I didn't really see what happened elsewhere in the country while I was locked in the XL Energy Center this week. But right. you wonder if that might be a stay out of Mankato's bracket game. Yeah, that too. Because I don't think either of them want to be 
I saw the last uh, broadcast for it. I believe the Gophers had either Western Michigan and it was a couple Eastern schools that I would be very happy to be paired with because they are not strong this year. Well, but be careful what you wish for because the Western Regional could be in, you know. Oh, yeah. No, well, they're all in. Like, yeah. Yeah, you could be hosting the Western Regional and and playing against UMass and, uh, uh, you know, uh, two Massachusetts schools 45 minutes from their campus. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I looked okay. at the regional this year. It's kind of crazy how they're all out east. <laughs> it doesn't make anything. Yeah, the West Reed, I, I can't remember where it is. I want to say it's in like, is it in Worcester? I th- it's, or Amherst? It's somewhere that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's, I don't know what they're doing with anyway, make, yeah. the opposite side of the country and then this one over here. I don't get it, but whatever. NCAA always knows. What's best, right? They're always right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I could talk to you about. I could talk to you right now about the state of college basketball, but it's a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah go, that's go Tigers. That's um, right. That's right. War Eagle, baby. Yes. <laughs> I was. I. That was a funny. So, um, you know, since this is primarily a audio platform, uh, li- listeners of the podcast may not know this, but uh, Zooch is the one that's wearing Auburn apparel right now, and not me, yeah. which is I have had the shirt for a very long time. Yeah, I, I, I've, dude, Dev, I've been waiting to wear it. I've been waiting to wear it to see your reaction to it. Be like, what the hell? Why do you have an Auburn shirt? <laughs> but I, I didn't even know. question it. I was like, hell yeah, brother, yeah. War Eagle. <laughs> I don't know. I've always liked Auburn more than Alabama because my grandpa he grew up down in Alabama, so he just always is roll tide talking about how good. Yeah. yeah, I know, Grandpa. They're good. They would. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. I like Auburn more than Alabama because Nick Saban. Well, Alabama. Once again, went we're back to to a higher level a and hate. They should go pro. Hating on the winners. He tried. Hey, they should go. They they need to go pro. Alabama. No, Alabama. The the, the oh, as a whole. Oh yeah, because they went. <laughs> they're the thirty third NFL. I get. I get so sick. So sick every year when it's like, well, I think this Alabama team might be able to beat the Browns. They'd lose by 20. They'd lose, yeah, they'd, they would get no. absolutely pounded. Like <laughs> just, 0 and 16 Hugh Jackson Browns would pick their score. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. it would be like, okay, uh, how much do you guys want to win by? 40? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh it's 47. We'll to spot 7. you that. Yeah, we'll spot you 40 here. Right. Like, yeah. No, like, listen, people don't understand. A football team, an NFL football team, or okay, Alabama as a football team, on a given year, they will have 15 to 20 guys that will make it to the NFL. Yeah, and 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 six or seven who are legit full on right, career right. long starters. And, and and six or seven that'll be like starters, and of those yeah. six or seven, right, two or the three other that NFL, are like legit the other superstars. NFL, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars have 22 of those. Yeah, they have 53 of those. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> the worst guy on Jacksonville is like, you know, maybe the second best player for Bama. Yeah. Like Bama might have like two players that are better. And yeah. then like the bottom, you know, 47 players. <laughs> it's I always yeah. laugh at like hearing people compare like – you know, oh yeah, they could they could beat a, whatever team. Or watching fans say, oh yeah, I could do that or this or that. It's just always kind of funny to watch. 
No, yeah. And so I, I'm I'm trying to come up with, you know, and this is why Hermantown needs to stay in single A, but um I can't think of anything clever enough, so we'll just move God, on. Veach is gonna love us. Veach is gonna <laughs> love us. We're just we're backing him. Oh uh, yeah, Chris, we, we wrote a we wrote a blog today. Veach writes a blog that dropped on Monday uh mid afternoon and it was the reasons why Hermantown needs to be moved up to double A. And the entire blog can essentially be surmised in they don't have any. Just let them stay in single A. Who cares? <laughs> there is no reasons. So uh, I, need to, yeah, I, I, I need to I need to look this up and read it. I'm going to bookmark it and read it later once we're done. <laughs> I like it. I'm all for that. I'll send you the link. Okay. Yeah. See me. No, I'll give you the click. Come on. I'll go through. Okay. Hey, yeah, look. The click. Yeah, we get some extra clicks. Yeah, Yeah. I know how this works. (laughs) It's a reason I mentioned my supercut of the highlights 15 times earlier. (laughs) Oh, that's a great picture on the top of his uh, article there with Hermantown. That's a great picture. Yeah, he he does a good job with that stuff. All right, good. I got some bedtime reading. That and this (laughs) Colorado trade. I just realized Drew Hellison got traded for Josh Manson. That's yeah, that was the prospect. Minnesota, we always got to make it about us. Farmington kid gets exactly. traded for, yeah. Oh, I didn't know he's from Farmington. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I don't know where See, he that is the one. That is the downside of me being out of uh, out of well, it. Well, no, I, I, I miss the local stuff every so often. No, the reason you don't know he went to Farmington is because he, he was from Farmington and went to Shattuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, so he never he never played for Farmington. Gotcha. And then went to college at BC. So you'd have to be that's. He's making it real hard to be pegged as a Minnesotan. He's trying his best. Actually, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I see. Wait, how, I feel like there's not very many. I feel like there's not very many local kids that actually make it to Shattuck. Well, Zach Preezy. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, there's like there's a couple of big ones. Uh, didn't um... Shattuck still play some of the high school teams from around the state? Right. Just. Yeah. 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 We played Shattuck's hockey team, or we played Shattuck's cross team uh, when I was in high school. I, I know Benilde that... a while back because my I, my dad manages their games during the season. And I remember when I was growing up, I watched him play Shattuck a few times, but not regularly. So it makes me think it was like exhibition or something like a scrimmage. Definitely, because I know an MSHSL team can't play them. In I got the you. Season. Okay. Yeah. Right. I um, had to have been. Okay. But yeah, I, I, so I remember I was like, who the hell are those guys? Yeah, why are they right. so <laughs> Right. I'm trying to think there's definitely like, I feel like there's like a gopher a year from Shattuck. It's a kid that like I've heard of, but same kind of thing. Like, Oh, he's from Chanhassen, but I've never seen him play because he was right. terrible and played for Shattuck. Who, who am I thinking of? Did, did the Riley's go to Shattuck? No, Maybe. the Riley's were Holy Angels. No, they were. God, I'm getting old. I can't remember this stuff. Somebody's going to watch. Didn't, didn't Holy Angels like... have some, didn't Holy Angels have some brothers that were really good? Oh, uh, Riley, he did go to Holy he did go to Holy Angels. Oh, yeah, no, I was going to say. Uh, but I'm not wrong. He left Holy Angels and did one year at Shattuck before going. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Actually. Yo, you know what? And I can defend myself on that. He was at Holy Angels before I moved back to Minnesota. <laughs> so I, w- I would not have known that. I was down in my Chris's lost years in Florida when he was at Holy Angels. Chris, it's been really, really great having you on. And my you've pleasure. been just extraordinarily generous with your time, especially <laughs> given how tired you must have been both like, you know, after the game, after the tourney, and then also just preparing for the next two weeks of basketball tournaments. 
if, um, if on if on my deathbed someday, hopefully down in the future, you guys show up and want to talk hockey, I'll find a way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we very much appreciate it. Before we uh, before we let you go, though, we do have to end this uh, end this show the same way that we end every show by asking you, Chris Long, what is your wild take? All right. Uh, tempting as it is to go in on a Vikings take after the Kirk Cousins news. Um, I'm going to stay away from that because we have all summer to do that. Uh, here's my wild take, and it's going to take the bracket to fall just right for it to happen. My wild take is we will have Minnesota State Mankato versus the Minnesota Gophers playing for the national championship in college hockey. How cool would it be? We almost had the Frozen Four, the all-Minnesota Frozen Four. Um I think that they both are very well suited to the format to, to just not step on a landmine at all. Um, and I think it would be really cool. And how fun would it be to have sort of the, this is not a slight the way I'm going to say this, but Mankato, the little brother, and they have been one of the best teams in the country for the last two, three years, but mm-hmm. a, a team that has always kind of, been waiting to, you know, took them forever to win that first NCAA tourney game. They finally did that. How cool would it be to see those two teams playing for the national championship? My wild take is, and please, NCAA bracket makers, if you're listening, put them on opposite sides, please. It would be please. a lot of fun. Mavericks, Gophers playing for the national championship. Well, they will be on opposite sides because the Gophers are going to win the Big Ten and they're going to win the WCHA, and there's one and two. Bang. So they Perfect. Won't the that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Sign me up. You want me to go next, Dev? Uh, Zooch, yeah, please and thank you. Okay, well, my wild take is, uh, I don't know, might get people riled up. But uh, I think the Minnesota Twins, these moves they've made, I really do like them. I think they're going to go after. They're going to get another starting pitcher, either one of the two Oakland guys. I really do believe they are going to land one of those two. And who knows, maybe even Trevor Story. If they land Trevor Story, I think the Twins make the playoffs as a six or a five seed this season. I think they're a year removed from being a playoff team. They still have a lot of those core guys there. Donaldson wasn't a part of any playoff team that was going anywhere. So losing him is kind of like, eh, whatever. I, I really like Urshela. I think him coming over here is a solid kind of shortstop gap stop. If they don't go get a shortstop for Royce Lewis, yeah. I don't think he's ready yet. And if they get a shortstop, he's a good third baseman. So I think it's a win-win for him. Who knows? Mary, maybe Gary Sanchez can – rejuvenate the career out of that what do you want a uh, wind tunnel of what do they call it a wind tunnel of uh of pressure oh, pressure on yeah on him in in new york we'll see if he can recover from that but i i do think the twins have a bounce back season i think they can sneak in as a wild card team and major league baseball is helping them they keep lowering that bar they, to get into the playoffs yeah, so. there you go <laughs> That's the only yeah, reason I said it. If it was if it was still four teams, no way. Six, I think yeah, it can make a run for six. Yeah, I could buy that. I know but we had talked about I know. Them. Our division's weak. So I know that uh yeah, the division's not very good. I know that no. producer Cam and producer Andy have a hundred dollar side bet that uh if the twins finish dead last in the division, uh producer Andy gets a hundred bucks. And if the twins finish fifth or basically just oh. not dead last yeah. anything, but then uh, producer cam takes the pot. I like cam's chances. Yeah, yeah I do too. And Andy's the one that's why anyone makes a bet about it. Where one, where why anyone makes a bet where you rely on one spot and the other person gets the other four, you're yeah. making a bad bet, but that's on par for 
you know, producer Andy, if you even want to call him producer Andy. <laughs> yeah, he's not known for his decision-making prowess, but. Um... <laughs> no, remember basketball depth doesn't matter last year for the Gophers. Oh, my God. <laughs> He basically yeah. said they're better off without when they lost Omersa. He was like, oh, well, that's fine. They don't need any bench players. We're better off without Omersa. I was like, okay, and, sure. And, but, and I, think uh, they tested, I think they tested and disproved that theory this year. <laughs> Very much so, but we let well, them know since, quite often. Since, uh, since you brought up college basketball, I wasn't going to do it. I had actually kind of a pretty, a pretty lame but pretty tame wild take in honor of, uh, of the captain. Um, but since you brought up college basketball, I do have a uh, a re- truly wild take for for the uh, the college basketball landscape, and that is me going full homer because that has literally never bit me in the ass before. The Auburn Tigers are going to be your 2022, the year of our Lord, NCAA basketball men's basketball champions. They're going to figure it out somehow, some way. We are in a bit of a skid right now, but that is. Not the point. The team is deep. You need depth in a in a good uh, good playoff run. Um, if we can if we can get out of the round of uh, thirty two, everybody else will be a little bit more gassed, and we can start because we we we're playing you know nine ten guys in a, a game, and who even knows what's going to happen? Wait, wait, it's, wait, wait. it's all lining up for wait, Auburn wait. to uh, beat Wisconsin wait. in the uh, Sweet Sixteen. So I know you guys are ready for it. Hop on the bandwagon now, boys. <laughs> I think they're going to win the national championship if they get out of the round of 32. Those seem to be. <laughs> no, no, no. It was. <laughs> I think I can get a date with Kate Upton if I'm the last guy on the planet. You know, that's <laughs> I don't even like my chances on that one. But, yeah, no, uh, no me either. <laughs> I just mean more of like, I think, I think we'll be able to get out of the round of 32, but at that point, like, past those that you get out of that first weekend and that's when you start to see the okay, teams without right. depth really start to sure. uh, rely more and more on their top guys. And, you know, I like our front court a lot better than I like uh, most other teams front courts. We're able to play big and physical, keep the, uh, keep the defense going. And, uh, and yeah, we'll just let, uh, let the bench take, take it away. I like it. Uh, but then, as far as as far as my lame take, uh, it's I say lame because it's it's it feels kind of inevitable. But I really I don't think that we'll ever see. I don't think that we'll ever see a uh, a player start and finish his career and have it last as long as uh, Miko's did for the Minnesota Wild. I think as a forward. Uh, as a forward. as a forward as a forward because I yeah that's true because Jared Spurgeon very very. There has definitely has the potential to do it. Um, oh yeah, Spurs and uh, Rodine probably does too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. He was drafted, right? He was mm-hmm. one of our guys yep. originally. Yep. Um, and then Matt Dumba is apparently invulnerable to all the trade rumors. So I'm not yeah, going to go. How many years have you heard that? Every four years. years. Yeah, it feels like six year. years in a row. We keep hearing Seriously, that Matt Dumba's on the trade block. <laughs> yeah. I just want um, his old number fifty five. If he did that, I'd be very. Yeah. That was, the Dumbo fifty five is, is the the, the dumbass the bit things. was great. I mean that is that's one of the best bits out. <laughs> and that's did we do that up. on purpose? Have we never? Is that oh, ever, oh, I actually have heard. Chris, that maybe you Chris. could you could you could uh you could get on that and ask him I'll, in the next interview. I'll, you're I'll try. I'll try to find out if I can get a quiet moment with him. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard a story. I don't know if it's true. So, Chris, maybe you can confirm this when you uh, when you do talk to him. 
but I heard that basically when he came in for rookie camp, the uh, the training staff set that one up because rookies don't get to pick their own numbers. Right. So they set that one up as a bit. And then when he got to actually pick his own number, he changed it because, you know, he doesn't want to be done with 55. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know for sure if that's true, but that's just the, that's the story that I've heard. So I'd, I'd love to find out. So I'll see, I'll see what it. I can do. I'll see what <laughs> I can do. Um, great. Well, thank you again, Chris. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. Just anytime we get a chance to te- catch, eh, anytime we get a chance to catch up with you and touch base is, is great. And you have been again, in- incredibly generous with your time. Um, Please, if you if you don't if you wouldn't mind, uh, just go ahead and plug plug away one more time. Anything that you are feeling like plugging? No, nah, nothing. I just mentioned it a lot, but it's more for anybody watching that sat through everything. And you're a hockey fan. Go watch if you didn't see it. Go watch the highlights of that Andover Maple Grove game. I implore you. I, we don't. The clicks are nice for us. You're going to get more out of that than we are. It was just such an unbelievable hockey game that I'm going to tell people about for such a long time, and I'm glad that. Uh, there's a good little 28, 29 minute clip that everybody can get it to without having to sit through the whole thing. It just really does give you the taste of how that game built and how it ended. And, and at the very end, how much it meant to those players involved. Yeah, no, that's super awesome. I can't wait to watch. And I even got to catch most of the game. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us as always. Thank you for listening to the wild takes podcast presented by 10,000 takes. Go give us a follow on social media at WildTakes10K and make sure to follow the rest of the 10K stuff as well. You're going to really want to make sure that you're following the It's a Bit feed because we, they have a special guest that's going to be dropping. Uh, it's by, if by the time you listen to this, the guest uh, episode should have already dropped. And uh, yeah, let's go rock and roll. If you like the show, go ahead and tell your friends. If you hate the show, tell your enemies. Long live the captain. Let's go wild. Stay safe out there, folks. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Oh, I'm gonna